It's Todd coming to you from the uh, Verona Sports and Spirituality Library here in Verona in my apartment. And, um, you know, what I've seen is that I'm going to start, I'm going to take a look at the Mets, and I want to focus on a few things here, is that, just starting out with, is that Jacob DeGrom is 34 years old, and he left for Texas. You know, good for him. I'm glad he got the money and ran, because I personally think that the Mets, you know, with Scherzer and Verlander and and some other guys stepping up, Carlos Carrasco, if he can stay uh, healthy. Their pitching's going to be great, no doubt. And uh, their bullpen's going to be really good this year with... Their bullpen's going to be really good this year, and I believe it's going to be with the, uh, you know, Adovino, Diaz. Adovino's the best setup. Man, I know that's out there. I believe that's out there. And he showed it last year with 19 holes, 2.06 ERA. Um, Edwin Diaz, you know, he can be, he's had some years where he's just been untouchable. And he's had some years where he's given up 15 home runs. And yet, in the closer role. But, uh, he is dynamite. He's got awesome stuff. He's got the, uh, Got a put away pitch, that's for sure, and a splitter. And uh, he's good with the Mariners, but he's going to be, you know, he, he showed he was he showed it was rough when he first got came over to the Mets, but last year he did real well with uh, he's 32 out of 35 in the saves, and uh, you know, his strikeout is, is outstanding too. Um, John. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm looking at some of these other guys they've got that, you know, they're going to be coming into the, uh, they're going to be setting the table for uh, for these two guys in the back end of the bullpen without a vino and uh, a vino and Diaz and you know the funny simple fact is is that they're going to need. They're going to need John Curtis to quit screwing around and quit throwing the balls up in the... Up in the uh... <laughs> yeah, just kidding. The guys... I was watching the Brewer game. The Brewers just got him in the trade. And, and he is screwing around. It's pouring rain out. Throws the ball up into the upper deck. I'm like, well, no, I don't think that's good for your arm. The next day, he's, he hurts his arm. He's gone for the year. Gee, I wonder how he did that. But, anyways, maybe he'll get a chance. He's pretty decent with the Marlins at, at one time. Before when the Brewers got him. So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that if they can get uh, if they can get Eliezer Hernandez to uh, show us stuff that he had when he first came up with the Marlins, um, see, he's just he's borderline. He's just I don't know if it's head or what, but uh, I don't like Joey Casey out of the bullpen too. as left-hander. He's a he was with the Padres and he's had some success. He had a one point one seven whip in two thousand and twenty one. And um, you know, you get two guys that are in the are in the front there named Scherzer and Verlander. Well what does it say? It says that there's five no hitters between them. 
and six Cy Youngs between them. And it seemed like when one was winning the Cy Young over the American League and the other one was winning over the National League. But these two have been together before too and they were with the Tigers. So the other guy that came over to the, uh, that they signed is, uh, is a guy from Japan, a singer, Cordia Zinga. I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure. But uh, he, he's got, he struggles with his control, but he's a 100 mile per hour. Slider, curve, fastball. Um, and then you got the ghost change. And I was reading about the ghost change, and he's, He's, he throws it really weird. He's got like all his all the middle or his, his thumb is his thumb is on one part of the ball. His middle his pinky's on the other, and he's got the I believe he's got the made to, to a fist. The rest of the three fingers and I've never seen a I never seen a pitch like that before. And they're, they're saying that they've never seen the type of uh, oh it, it's it's such a different. Such a different parabolum, I guess you would call it. The way the ball is thrown and the way it comes in. Nobody else has seen it like that. It's it's hard to hit. Um so it's not exactly only thing would be real easy to uh I don't know, you, you should be able to find out like when they're gonna throw it because of his uh his release and his I would think they'd be a little bit better with that, but than they are in Japan at being able to read the uh, release. So anyways, if Singer can do it, then uh, I know they got some other good decent guys that back them too, like uh, David Peterson um, is solid. He's not great, but he, he would help out a lot. He can either do it out of the bullpen or he can do it from the starting rotation. He started all year last year, I think. But they also got uh, Jose Quintana over there. And he was with, uh, he had a good year last year. He had a 1.21 whip. He's 34 years old. Uh, you know, he was with the Pirates and the Cards. The thing is, is last year he was he was outstanding. He only gave up eight home runs for the whole year. And, you know, that's that's the type of thing that Quintana's got the, uh, the ability to uh, be that left-handed has to be the left-hander that kind of breaks up the rotation a little bit. And, you know, I would say that. He's going to be a, uh, he's got the, uh, he's got the ability to, uh, to be able to work his way in and out of tough situations. He's got the ability to dominate two once in a while. He's at 1.21 whip. Because, you know, I remember him pitching against the Brewers got a couple of years, Three years ago, they could hate him. They could not hate him whatsoever. And I think they're just going, you know, and I think he was pitching when it was like, there's a couple times I remember him pitching when it was like about 15 degrees outside and uh, about 40 mile an hour went off the lake. You know, this is in Wrigley. And, uh, man. But it used to be frustrating because I'd sit there and watch him go, what in the hell? Why can they not hit this guy? So anyways, what was going on too is that Carlos Carrasco, they picked up his option. He's 35 years old. Um, he, he struck out, nine, he had nine Ks every nine innings. And uh, 
You had 2.43, 2.43 bases on balls per nine. So it's 30, 35 years old. You know, and he's, he struggled with injuries before, so, you know, that's the thing. At least they got, the Mets have got a deep minor league system again, too, where if they need to go uh, go get somebody because somebody's getting hurt and they need another spot in the rotation, they've got the ability to go do that. Plus, they've got this kid named uh, Jeff Brigham. He was in Miami last year, too, and... Uh, He's the type of guy, he's a 1.33 whip. He had uh, four major league starts in 2018. Um, but the other guy, too, is that uh, another guy named Jose Buto. He's a uh, veteran minor leaguer. I think he's 29, I believe. But he had 1.31 whip. He had 99.1 Ks per nine innings last year in the minors. And I believe he's to be a good fantasy pitcher if he gets to the majors. And you got to want to keep an eye on him. Same thing with Carrasco. He can put up some good minor league numbers for you. Or not fantasy league numbers, I should say. But that's the thing is, is that, you know, Verlander, Verlander's Verlander. You know, he's just, he's incredible. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a time where you know, him and Scherzer are going to run short on. <laughs> Scherzer are going to start running short on their time because of his uh, of their use. But there's also there's going to be. Uh, you know, they, they both get hurt. They both have had some serious arm ailments, and uh, that's the thing. Out, and I go back to this Tyler McGill. He's going to be one of the. Uh, He's going to be one of the one of the guys in the rotation that they're going to have to count on because he's six foot seven. He's you know he had fifty one Ks and forty seven in the third innings last year. He didn't have to have a strong year last year, so I'm hoping maybe with some uh, with some leadership at the top from the two veterans that uh, maybe he can get it done. Maybe he can learn how to pitch a little better. You know, and the thing is too is that. You know, they uh, they went and picked up uh, Omar Narvaez. Couldn't hit a lick last year. Well, he was a good... He seems like he's a really good uh, defensive uh, catcher. And I believe he learned a lot of it from Manny Pena last year. From his... Because uh, when he came to the Brewers, he hit, he was horrible. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculously horrible as a catcher. And then all of a sudden, he improved. In 21, he was pretty solid. He had a pretty good. Uh, he had a pretty good year hitting the ball in 2021. But last year in 2022, he was. I think he just did a pretty good job usually defensively. He didn't. He didn't go downhill that way. But his hitting was drastically pathetic. And um, you know, it just comes down to the plain and simple fact is that. I don't know sometimes what's wrong with him, but he just, he doesn't hit, or he does hit. He's off and on, you know, he's no, there's no consistency to him. And what you're going to see, I think, with the, with the Mets is the fact that they're going to need him, and they're going to need him because of the, uh, they're the their DH spot can be taken over by uh, Francisco Alvarez, the number one prospect, one of the number one prospects in baseball. 
Well, I'm seeing, I'm looking at him, and I'm going, he's a poor on defense. And he, you know, he threw out like, I believe he threw out like about 70, he threw out like 10 out of 77 base base stealers, stolen, 77 stolen bases last year in the minors. With uh, And that's not him running either. That's him having people stealing the bases off of him. Um, so Narvaez was a, uh, like I said, he was not a good hitter, great fielder. And Thomas Needle is the guy, too, that uh, <laughs> I swore that some of these guys, when I look at these averages, you know them little, uh, those little bats you get for the uh, giveaways? Um, little wood bats. I think Thomas Needle was using one last last year because six hundred OPS. He had three hundred. He had three three hundred. He had three home runs and two hundred eighty four at bats. Man, unbelievable. So that's what I'm. You know, that's what I'm thinking too. Is like you know, one of these guys is, is going to have to start stepping up and be the catcher because. You know, like I said, Alvarez is going to be an incredible offensive player at DH. And um, I believe he's going to be one of these guys that he's going to be a career DH. Unless he all of a sudden drastically changes into becoming a average, average fielding catcher. You know, I... And you still this like I remember too is like like Mike Piazza was. He was a he was a great hitter. He was incredible hitting, but he, he had to work like crazy to become a mediocre defensive catcher. It's just not that easy, you know. And time went on. Time went on too. It's like you know he's. Time went on. He he was able to maintain his offense, but his defense he couldn't really use that DH role as he went over to the uh he ended up his career in Oakland. And you know, that's the thing is that I've seen is uh you know what I'm looking at the rest of this roster too, and I'm looking at the infielders, uh Eduardo Escobar, seven twenty five OPS. He had five hundred and forty two at bats last year. Um he had 21, he had zero stolen bases. I think he's only got like 21 stolen bases his whole career. And that's the thing that we're going to see change. And, you know, he might be, he might have 20 stolen bases. You don't know him because the guy was not going to run because of his uh, offense. They didn't want to, they did not want to, uh, they did not want to mess with him on his, on his uh, offense either and have guys running in front of him especially. And disturb his concentration because he was there to slug. And he was there to hit the ball hard. But he he was he had a seven twenty five OPS last year, which anytime I start looking at a seven twenty five, I'm thinking it's pretty darn near mediocre. And, you know, he was getting a lot of jack for doing that. And he was with the uh when he was with the Brewers the year before too, he came over in that trade of Arizona. He just, he didn't develop a lot of punch. He didn't bring a lot of punch is what they're hoping he would bring to the Brewers. And he was hurt. And he gets hurt quite a bit, I've seen. Um, So, what does that mean to me? It means they're probably going to move him. 
to another team, I would think. And who knows, might be the Brewers again. You never know what they want to do. But with Escobar, I believe they're going to move him because, you know, they got they got Brett Beatty right in back of him, and I believe he is the uh, him and Alvarez are going to be a couple of uh, excellent players on excellent offensive productive players, especially if they, this year. I believe they're going to be doing it. You know, and I believe that uh, you're going to be able to put him at third and have. Uh, they're going to get Escobar on out of there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be Beatty and Elbrose are going to be the two that are going to be uh, holding holding up the... Holding up the candle... Holding up the wind... Holding up the fences in the wind, I guess, to get to the... Uh, get to the great middle of that lineup. Because, you know, once you get to that middle of that lineup, with Alonzo and, uh, you know, Daniel Vogelbach is going to be... And there's some more too, and he might. Who knows? Like I mean, he, he's so he's hot and cold as a hitter. You know, he can start out. He can start out hitting, have 30 home runs and going into the All Star break, and he'll have two home runs the rest of the year. But and that's the thing, you know. He's he's a 793 OPS last year, 70, 754 career OPS. But when you have uh you know, and Beatty's Beatty's gonna be one of their big bashers too, because he's gonna be a lot like Jeff McNeil. And I don't even and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this Luis Giorme. I, I don't even understand how he's in the majors, to be honest with you, besides the fact that maybe he's the bat boy. He's got six ninety one OPS, he's got two home runs and two hundred and 94 at-bats. You don't want to give him 294 at-bats. He has no speed whatsoever. And, you know, it's just five foot ten, 190 pounds. You see these managers, they just get comfortable with these guys. And it doesn't matter how much they drastically they affect their team. I see this continuously with the Brewers, the Cubs, all these guys. They're just, they don't have any, you know, even like the Yankees, they don't have any... I don't think they have any cognizant memory of what they did for them or what they're doing for them. or They can't get honest with themselves and say, hey, this guy's not any good. He sucks. Bring somebody else up. Give somebody else a try. And, you know, and that's what it is. They they freeze them. These guys, like, freeze out the other, like, the prospects. And that's what they need to be doing. They need to be moving these guys through because these guys have had their chance. They're done. You know, Luis is done. So, anyways, stick a fork in him. He's done. But, anyways, Pete, Pete Alonzo, yeah, he actually, too, he was in Madison, and he played for uh, a guy by the name of Steve Schmidt, who owns the shoebox. But he also has the, uh, he also has the mailers out, in, out there, and uh, it was a, it's just not a pro team, it's a college Gathering, and they gather together the, uh, gather, they gather up guys who have, uh, potential. They have had good, good college years, and they have them, you know, play in the, uh, like the Cape Cod League is very similar. They use wood bats and everything. That way, the skulls can get a little bit more of a, uh, reading on them because, so anyways, but yeah, he's, 
He's 40 home runs last year, 870 OPS. He's got 146 career home runs, but he set the uh, he sets a record for the National League in uh, 2021 with uh, 52 dingers. And, you know, he's... You know, everybody was thinking it was going to be that... Everybody was thinking it was going to be Smith, uh, who is going to be the uh, center fielder, who's going to be the uh, first baseman. And... He got, I believe, he got traded over to Kansas City, but he he had a solid year in twenty one, and then last year he just fell on his face. And um, everybody was thinking he was going to be such a great player, such a great prospect, Dominic Dominic Smith. Everybody thought he was going to be such a great player, such a great, you know, and, and he just he never got it done. He shows a little bit, and then he just goes back into his hole again, where he goes and hits about, he hits, I think he hit like 200 last year or something. I don't know. I didn't look, but I know one thing. They had to get him out of, they had to get him out of New York fast. And, you know, and, and the thing, what's he got in short stuff is lean door, and he is amazing. 788 OPS and 16 stolen bases. You know that is going to go up big. I would say that he's probably going to double his stolen bases. And his 788 OPS is excellent. Because um, you can pretty much see, you know he's going to start, you know he's going to play every day. And there's no one going to be, you know, there's. he's going to play, he's going to be solid, he's going to be He's going to be solid in the field. He's going to give you a lot of, a lot of hits and a lot of, a lot of uh, production. You know, last year he had 27 home runs, but I mean, at Cleveland he had, I think he had three years of plus 30s. 30 home runs, like 30, I think his high was like 39 or something. Anyways. Anyways, what I'm saying is that he, uh, he's so consistent. Yeah, you know he was. He came over his uh, first year was twenty in two thousand twenty one. It was not, not good. But it just takes time for some of these guys just to get, especially in New York. I mean, just to get used to the crush of media. Um, you know, and he struggled. You know, and he, he's probably the first one to admit it too, because he's a pretty stand up guy from what I know. And he, yeah, he got. He got a lot of money, but he started producing last year. That's the thing that is that you know Lindor has been known for is, you know he's he's going to give you. He's going to hit. Now he won't hit for a great average, but he's going to hit. He's going to hit seven eighty, seven ninety OPS, and uh, that's pretty good. Cause he's going to give you that power too. Um, his his K's went up last year to 133 K's. Yeah, that's quite a bit for a shortstop for striking out. Well, not exactly for last year. I'm sorry, but like with the uh, the way it is right now with the game changing and the uh, different uh, different fundamentals of the game that are going to be changing is it's it's going to be a lot different. So, you know, I believe Lindor will, will adapt. That's the thing is these guys are going to have to adapt. Um, you know, Ronnie, uh, another guy too, another one of the kids. He's 
Guy named Ronnie Mauricio. 768 OPS. Six foot three, 166 pound string bane. Um, Baseball America's third prospect overall for the Mets. He's got big power. He's off to one wonderful start on in uh, spring training for the Mets, too. And uh, I believe it's in St. Petersburg. But anyways, wherever, wherever, they're, st- wherever they're training at in four there. I don't like the side of this thing. I think he's got like three home runs already. And, uh, you know, I think about this 166 pounds crap, too. Is, I think that's when they first signed their, pro- their contract or whatever. <laughs> I think he's probably a little beef, a little bit more beefed up than that. But uh, good player, good switch hitter. Um, a little wild with the fielding. He's probably going to need some help there. But uh, you know, if somebody does get hurt in the middle of that infield for the uh, for the mess, he'd be he's going to be the next guy up, or he's going to get he's going to get traded. He's going to bring a nice. Nice whopping uh, player with a lot of production to the uh, to the Mets team again, or they have, or they need it. Guy I like a lot is uh, Jeff McNeely, six feet one, one hundred ninety five pounds. But he's uh, he's got an OPS of eight thirty six OPS, and uh, that's pretty much what he's been around. He's got eight twenty eight OPS uh, for his career. He's He's going to be excellent for the new rules. Uh, he's he's not a big power hitter. I think he had like eight or ten home runs last year. But what he's got is he's got the ability to hit a lot of doubles and a lot of triples, um, which is going to be great. And you know that's the thing about that's the thing about the middle of that infield for the Mets is they you know they get good production out of that infield. And when you got Guy, you know, and you got a pitching staff like they're gonna have, and they got a closer and setup man, and you know, like Lean Door, Lean Door, and uh, is gonna be excellent at shortstop, obviously. But you know, when you got when you got these guys setting up, you know, when you got out of being a setting up, and then you got Diaz closing it down. You know, it's it's be interesting to see how Diaz reacts with. Uh, with his consistency this year because he had such a great year last year. Um, so anyways, what I see there is that I believe that, you know, McNeil is probably going to challenge for the, uh, he's going to challenge for the, for the batting average and uh, batting average leader. And uh, he's going to steal some bases and he's going to be probably about 20 or 25 stolen, base, stolen bases this year. And Marcana is, you know, he, he was with Oakland the year before he had, he's good. He's a he's like a 770 OPS guy. He's pretty consistent right around there every year. And, but his, his speed is horrible. He's so slow. And, um, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at this too. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy's just a slug guy. And, uh, that's what they're going to, you know, that's, this new system's going to be, might have a big impact on him. Um, you know, Tommy Pham really struggled last year, too. I don't know if it was hurt or, I think he was hurt, but I think it was his attitude, too. And, you know, he's he was really good for the, he's good for the Padres, but he was, he was started off with the Cardinals, and he was outstanding. 
You know, he was always in the uh, seven. He's always been about seven eighty OPS, and uh, you know, he had like twenty home runs, fifteen twenty home runs a year, and uh, you know, it was the same thing with. He could he'd wear out left-handed pitching too. And I was just saying, being a right-hander, um, so they're gonna have to take a look at, you know, what they do with Kana and uh, Tommy Pham and and make it, you know, and then you got some guys in the minors too that are coming up through there through the minors too that are uh, gonna be tough because when you got Brandon Nemo and Starling Marte, you know, both these guys have similar stats. And, you know, Nemo's left-handed hitter, but Starling Marte is a right-handed hitter. Um, you know, it seems to me that, you know, Marte is very, Marte can, Marte is pretty fast. When the big thing with Nemo is, too, he's fast, too. So, these two guys are going to be great in the system coming up now with a new, uh, with a new game and a new system the way it is with, uh, you know, increasing in, Increasing stolen bases, how much more important hitting is going to be, the how much more important the hitting is going to be, but also how important the uh, how important the the you know it's not going to be a power game. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot more it's going to be a lot more you know faster, quicker game. I mean, there's there's still down there's down there in triple they're down there in spring training. They're having they're having uh, two and a half hour games. So it's gonna be important. It's gonna it's like side it's, it's you know, it used to be three, four a three hour used to be a really fast game. And usually it was it was a one and a lot of times it was a one to nothing game and the game took four hours because they kept rattling pitches back and forth. But that's what I see is, you know, and DeGrom thirty four years off, he's off to Texas. Uh yeah, I you know, I always I always go back to the uh, to the match because I loved uh, Casey Stengel in nineteen sixty two was the first season. You know, and they're they're the team that replaced the Brooklyn Dodgers, so they were they were the uh, sister of the Yankees. And you know, the, the West Coast got a two for one when they got uh, the West Coast got a two for one when the Giants and the Dodgers left and went to uh, the West Coast, and then you got you know and. You know, and the Mets have been a fun team to watch, and they've had they've had success. You know, and everybody thinks the '69 Mets, when they had uh, Gil Hodges was their manager, but you know, also they they had such a great pitching staff back then. That's why you think of the Mets with all these great pitchers. You know, with uh, you know, and then when Degrom, well, first of all, they he had Johan Santana, he was outstanding, but then he had Degrom and. You know, you had Gooden and Seaver, and, and there's a lot more of those guys in there too. You know, like Kuzman and you know, and, and uh, Sid Sid Fish. I mean, Sid Fernandez. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm just being funny. I don't know if you guys remember Sid Finch at all, or the guy that could throw 190 miles per hour, and he's from uh, some absurd island, and that they found. He's on he's on Sports Illustrated, and. Uh, it should have gave you the. It should have gave the uh, clue to everybody when they said, "Hey, it's it's uh, George Plimpton." So that wrote it. But anyways, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep. So anyways, 
what I'm thinking is that I just want everybody to have a good night and let everybody know that uh, if nobody else has told you they love you today, the power of the power of love does. The power of love sends us love, but also the God it does too, who's uh, up running all over me. So she's a great cat, but she's crazy. So, anyways, I just want to say that what else has told you they love you today? I do, and that was with the power of love. Thanks.